You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailer and behind the scenes. And this week we got another random one selected by Matt. Matt, what did you pick? Put a bunch of my old VHSs that I haven't really watched yet in a in a number randomizer, you know, assigned them numbers or whatever. Put them in a number randomizer and we got Tough Turf with James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. Meet Morgan Hiller. First day in a new school. You ready for it? I always. He's got an attitude. No black riding on campus. Well, I was just sort of hoping I could take a quick ride through history. You mind taking those off? I'd like to see who I'm talking to. They've got a problem. Let go of me! Not until you tell me what your name is. He lives in two worlds. I'm sure Patty and Alan will vouch for us. Always behind enemy lines. You are not now, nor were you ever members of this club. Just when I thought we were going to be good friends. Tough turf. They took your car. I don't own a car, man. He's a loner on a roll. An outsider on the edge. Caught between a dangerous loser. Give his bike back. And the girls, they both love. She belongs to Nick. Come on, Jimmy. Lincoln freed the slaves. Yeah, I thought you were going with such a nice, respectable guy. You just ice you right now. They can't shut him down. Body heat on contact. And they can't cool him off. You! I figure if I wait long enough, maybe I can... Get lucky? Tough turf. Nobody takes anything that I own. Nobody. He stands alone, and one way or the other. Well, I hate to tell you, big brother, but the rules have changed. What is it, sir? Will? He's going to make this town his own. He's always been a rebel. Now, he's about to become a hero. Tough Turf. Featuring music by Southside Johnny. Lena Lovitch, Marianne Faithful, Jim Carroll, and Jack Mack and the Heart Attack. Rock and roll 80s film. This reminded me a lot of Streets of Fire. Sort of, yeah, for sure. Uh, I had never seen this before and just picked up the VHS, uh, you know, secondhand. Somebody was selling it. Uh, it was like a seller of a, like a VHS vendor that I picked it up from at some event. Uh, and I always wanted to see it. I'd always sort of heard the title, thought it was a f- kind of a funky title. I like James Spader. I like Robert Downey Jr. I was like, I want to see this. Uh, so I, when I saw the vendor selling it for like five bucks or whatever, I was like, yeah, I'll pick this up. I really want to check this one out. And then never watched it. And here we are today to finally talking about it. 
You know, it was odd for me to see James Spader young, but I felt completely comfortable seeing Robert Downey Jr. young. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I've had seen uh, I've seen less than zero a lot of times, so I'm used to both of them young. I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess because I've never seen less than zero. You should, because it's uh, it's super eighties. It'll be it'll be right up your alley. I think it's a bummer, but it's good. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about this movie. I mean, didn't this one really, really put Robert Downey Jr. and Spader on the map? Yeah, absolutely. There's someone else popular in it, too. Who is it? Or maybe popular at the time? Oh, Andrew uh, McCarthy. Or, yeah, yeah, it is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah still, those are the three. Yeah, man, he was huge for a short time period in the 80s, and I just feel like he couldn't... He worked, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he really had a hard time transitioning to the 90s. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, Weekend at Bernie's 2 was 93, and he was still kind of doing the same shtick, but he was, like, old. You know, not old, but, like, like Weekend at Bernie's is kind of like a teen movie or whatever, and, like... You know, watching a guy in his 30s kind of do that shtick uh, in in 93 was just a little like, uh, so he never really made it past that. Poor Andrew McCarthy. He's great. He's great at what he does, though. Oh, and Jamie Gertz is in that. Yeah, that's right. Now, okay. I haven't seen it, but now, like, all these people, I've seen the, like, clips of this movie. Yeah. It's a good I one. I really got to see it. I like it. I don't know what's wrong with me. But anyway, back yeah, to you'll tough find a VHS of it. <laughs> oh, yes, it's tough the only turf. way I'll watch it. Yeah, tough turf. Um, Streets of Fire esque, I would say, where this is like the mean streets, but unlike Streets of Fire, where it really sells it with a grit, <laughs> this one kind of flips you, where you're like, uh, I understand it's supposed to be tough, you know, mean streets. But all these kids look very privileged. Well, and I think that's like, I think that's the point. It's like the, yeah. the, the world of high school can still be pretty rough, even for these like yuppies, basically. It, I think that makes her kind of fun. And then at another level of how it's kind of like Streets of Fire, this is a huge music movie. There's music every scene, uh, whether it's a performance or a featured song on like the soundtrack. This is a big music thing. Yeah, I feel like there's bands all over the place. Like, uh, you have the punk band. Um, that's a real singer right there, and I think a real band. And then you had, like, the crazy 80s, kind of like your parents' band. I, I don't know what uh, the, those uh, guys at the end, who obviously... Yeah, the, the Jay Giles band kind of band. <laughs> yeah, those dudes... they were just like corny as hell looking, but at the same time, there's something really cool about how corny they were. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to find the name of that. By the time we get to the end of this, we've got to know what that band's name is. Cause I cannot remember. Uh, One of the, one of the fun things about the movie is there's a lot of like featured music, featured songs, featured bands. I didn't know who any of them were though. You know, like it wasn't like there was super famous bands making appearances in this. They were like, kind of different stuff uh but all like all the kind of music that i like like it's all kind of new wavy uh fun super 80s you know early early mid 80s stuff kind of sound so the bands are fun but i've never heard of any of them 
Yeah, I feel like we had a little punk, a little new wave, and then a little bit of the Jack Mack and the heart attack. That was uh, kind yeah, of like that's the, 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 the kind of like the Huey Lewis kind of band in a way, mm-hmm. like a, that that movement. I, I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but if you heard some of their songs, you'd be like, oh yeah, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's like they have like the horn section. They're like, you know, there's nine guys in the band and they, you know, they're doing kind of big rock songs. Yeah, I could see that in Back to the Future 3 easily. One of those songs or Back to the Future 2. Right. Absolutely. So the story on this is uh, we have a I'm going to say it a rich Reaganite family. They uh, yes. they got they got a lot of money. They're part of you know like golf courses and tennis clubs and all that shit. But uh, the dad loses the business and it hits him hard. Where they can't afford this life anymore, so they are transplanted to the suburbs. And the suburbs has a really it must be suburbs right by the inner city because it's like it feels like they're trying to mix that. Yeah, it's to- it's totally like. You know, middle class kids are not like super, super well off that they portray in the school or whatever, but they're like, all right, you know, they're it's like it's going from like the upper class to the middle class. It's not like we're doing like, you know, the low class city, you know, rat infested streets, you know, like like these movies tend to do. This is like middle class kind of normal high school. Yeah. And I bring that up because if you look at the poster or the the VHS front that you're going to describe soon. I think that's what they're trying to do with this. Yeah, other side of the tracks type thing. Yeah, so what what do we got here? If you're walking down the VHS, the rental store back in the 90s, you know, you were really young. I was a little bit older. I, I don't think I would have picked this up. What do you think? Would you have gotten it? Hmm. Well, here's our here's our cover. It says, meet Morgan Hiller. He's a rebel about to become a hero. And it's James Spader crouching down uh, right above the title in like a leather jacket with uh, Kim Richards, the love interest, standing next to him, kind of looking down at him. And she's kind of got her like new wavy outfit on. And behind him is his uh, best friend in the movie, Robert Downey Jr. And his like kind of letter letterman jacket kind of thing with his girl, who is also in like a new wavy uh, kind of outfit too. Um, and they're all just like looking at the uh, camera and it just says a uh, tough turf where reputations are earned. Uh, and then at the bottom, it just says starring James Spader, endless love, Kim Richards, assault on precinct 13 and Paul Manez from streets of fire and the warriors, uh, new world video. Yeah. I would have picked this up. I think, I think uh, I would have picked this one up. Honestly, I don't think I would have, I, I don't see. I'm looking at a different VHS cover too. I'm looking at the one where mm. James Spader's and his leather jacket to the left, where the title and the stars are above him. And then a little bit over to the right, you know, you have his love interest and two of the punks, I guess you could say, the mm. bad guys. And the title says, or the tagline is, where enemies are made, reputations are earned, and love is the most risky affair of all. Now, this VHS cover, I ain't touching. <laughs> 
because it's got love on the front. Yeah, I I think I'm picking I'm picking this one up simply because James Spader looks cool in it. Uh, the girls are cute, and it's like he's a rebel about to become a hero, and that that's that's my thing. Oh. Like I, you know, Streets of Fire is one of my favorite movies of all time. So like like the rebel becoming the hero kind of story is all I eat that shit up. So I'm. I'm in on this cover. No, for this sure. one looks a lot better. I'm looking at the one you're describing. Yeah, I, I want to pick that one up. Yeah, this looks like Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, kind of, you know, blonde kid. And then you got the, the punks in the background, the cool clothes. I had a much better shot of renting this one. What is, is this a New World? What is, who releases yeah, that? Okay. New World video, yep. All right. Oh, we know who uh, that dis- distribution company is uh, owned by. That's Corman, yeah, right? I mean, any, yeah, that's a Corman thing. And in when I found sort of New World Video, though, and I was like renting like Demons and Hellraiser and stuff like that, I honestly probably would have picked up anything with a New World logo back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I tell you what, these, uh, when you move to the back, those uh, still suck. Yeah, we only get two stills. We get like James Spader and Kim Richards almost kissing and we get Paul Manez with the gun uh, by the taxi and that's it. And it still says Tough Turf where reputations are earned. The one I'm not super exciting, but the one I'm looking at where he has the gun, it has the barcode over it. So it really sucks. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys can find this on Google and it's oh, okay, it's the Amazon. It's in the Amazon like photo booklet or whatever. Uh, that's the one I'm looking at at Google right now. That's a terrible spot to put the barcode. What the hell? <laughs> Holy uh, crap. Yeah, I wonder if like when in 85, when this first VHS came out, they probably didn't do the proof of purchases yet. And then like later when they did reprints, they were like, oh, we got to do the proof of purchases. And they're like, no, nah, just cover up the picture. <laughs> yeah, because I bet there's a legal thing about covering up the credits. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't cover up the credit. I bet the union get, you know, like, I don't know if there's how much the actors union or anyone else. I don't know who would get mad about it, but I bet there's a rule about it. Yeah. There's rule. There's yeah. so yeah. many rules I, I, that I, it's hard to keep up with. Uh, Going going down. Here's our here's our description from the back here. It's in the shadows cast by Hollywood's bright lights lies the dark and violent underside of Los Angeles. Tough turf. The mean streets where Nick Hauser. Almanes of Streets of Fire and the Warriors, his girlfriend Frankie, Kim Richards, Assault on Precinct 13, and his gang, the Tufts, reign supreme. That is until Morgan Hiller, James Spader, Endless Love, moves to town. Morgan, with his history of trouble and his cool, rebellious attitude, is immediately confronted with the reality of his stark and sometimes brutal new world. One just doesn't step between Nick and Frankie, or between the Tufts and their prey, without being without paying the price. But on the streets, Morgan learns hard and fast, learns the value of self-reliance and guts, and earns the violent or learns the violent consequences of tangling with the highly volatile Nick Hauser. Most of all, he learns the power and depth of his love for Frankie, a love which must ultimately lead to a head-on confrontation with Nick Hauser and to Morgan Hiller's moment of truth. Tough Turf also stars Olivia Bar- Barash from Repo Man. Conchito Gomez, Max Dugan Returns, Robert Downey. Oh, yeah, he's not junior yet in this. Mm-hmm, yep. Firstborn, uh, Michael Weil from Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Valley Girls. Released theatrically in 1985. Now, Kim Richards, 
the the love interest in this. Why do I not recognize her, yet she looks so recognizable? Do you know what I mean? And maybe it's because she's just blonde and, like, part of central casting. There's, like, a hundred of these actresses all the time. I've seen she's, her. She's in Assault on Precinct 13, so there's that. But she, I looked her up. She's in a ton of stuff. She worked for a long time. Oh, yeah, she worked a lot in the 70s. But she looks so young here in the mid-80s. She must have been a child actor. Yeah, yeah, she's been around. She's been around for a while. Uh, and she what she worked for a while. She had a she had a lot of credits on her IMDb. Wow, yeah, she really did. Okay, maybe that's why I recognize her. This is this is also kind of interesting uh, too. Like this, we've we've covered a movie that is made by the same team that made this movie. We we talked about Children of the Corn uh, when we did our Stephen King month uh, a couple years ago or a mm-hmm. year ago or whenever we did that. Uh, this is the same director-producer team that did Children of the Corn, and this was their next project. Yeah, I like this better than Children of the Corn. I'll just be honest. Even though Children of the Corn is very memorable, I thought this was a fun movie. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly thought this movie was pretty fucking awesome. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> before we even get into anything, yeah, I I thought this movie was super cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, really... When, you put, when you put this tape in, we do get... We, Oh, what were yeah, you going to say? I'm just saying I, I'm really glad that you randomly chose this because I never would have watched this. I had never heard of this. And I think this was just so much fun. And I don't understand why this isn't talked about more. Exactly. Yeah, this one's super cool. I don't know where this kind of came from either. Uh, and I don't know why it isn't more popular uh, as, in terms of like these 80s cult kind of action movies, thrillers, whatever, whatever you cat- categorize this as. Um it, it definitely fits alongside of like the streets of fires and stuff like that. It's, it's a cool, weird eighties gem that uh, doesn't get talked about enough at all. Yeah. I wouldn't even say it doesn't get talked about enough. It gets talked about none at all. You can watch it free on YouTube or right. Tubi. And you should, Yeah, but I mean, if you, if you, if you're super interested in, if you're interested in this type of movie, if you're interested in these eighties music driven, kind of rebel without a cause kind of movies, you got to see it. Just pause us right now and go on Tubi or YouTube. They're both free and watch this movie. It's it's two hours. It's a solid, it's a long movie, but it's worth it. And then come back and listen to the rest of what we have to say. (laughs) So what's the, uh, when we pop this tape and what trailer did we get? Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. We got like a 30 second spot, uh, almost like a TV spot for uh, Paul Bartel's Lust in the Dust with uh, Divine. Return with us to the old west. Lust in the dust. Tab Hunter is the stranger. Lady Kazan is Margarita. Henry Silver is Bernardo. Jeffrey Lewis is Hardcase Williams. Not gonna hurt you! And divine is Rosie Valles. I slept like a log. Why not? You look like one. Lust in the Dust, a new comedy by Paul Bartel, rated R. This is wacky. I want to see this. Oh, yeah. I uh, Paul Bartel is like a filmmaker I definitely want to like jump in on. I, I, I just missed his whole thing. Uh, I've seen Death Race 2000. That's about it. But like he made a lot of these like weird kind of culty movies. And I and like this kind of thing he seems he's got divine in here he seems like kind of a john waters type with the movies i'm in i'd love to see this movie <laughs> yeah i would too this just looks like one of these really weird odd 80s films that would never be made anymore oh yeah this is like definitely one of those perfect like new world video roger corman 
pumped it out on a few drive-in screens, weird video movies <laughs> that I, I would have to, I ought to check this one out. Yep. I'm right there with you, but uh, getting into the, I mean, we, one one trailer, one thirty second. Now you got to watch the VHS. I had to watch it on Tubi. Just admitting it to everyone because of what we're dealing with in the outside world. How was the tape? You said it was pretty good, right? Yeah, actually, like this this is a old. Like I said, I got it from a dealer, so I didn't get it from like a video store sale or anything like that. I got this from uh, a VHS vendor at some show, uh, so it must have been a personal collection one. Uh, it's in pretty good shape. Uh, the beginning's pretty rough. Like, I first put the tape in as the trailer was going. It did a lot of tracking, uh, a lot of static over it, but the sound was fine. And then as soon as the movie starts, it's fine. This tape was in pretty good shape. Whoever whoever had this for the last 30 years took yeah. care of it. And the, the start of this movie with our feature presentation where he's... Uh, and now, our feature presentation. He's cruising down the street with his bike. <laughs> it starts out, when this first started out, I was like, oh. What is this? I'll be honest. At the beginning, I was like, um, I'm not feeling confident because <laughs> the like the girl sitting on the corner, the older guy is going to like obviously going to flirt with the young blonde. And then they start to rob this guy and James Spader comes up and he spray paints one of the dude's faces with the red spray paint. And I was like, uh, what is this? Mm. <laughs> what are we watching? Uh, I think I think the movie wakes up a little bit more uh, when James Spader gets out of bed and he shoots yep. the bugs <laughs> off the wall. And I was like, OK, I'm in. I'm in. This is going to be weird. This is going to be fun. <laughs> it was like because uh, I'm looking where they're at. First of all, those bugs aren't going to be in that house. That house is spotless. Yes, it's an 80s yeah, yuppie house. But yes, right when he gets up and he shoots him with like, these gun dart. I don't know what this was. Honestly, I don't know what these guns are. Looks like maybe a BB gun or a paintball gun or something. Yeah, but he shoots the bugs, and I'm like, all right, that was weird. Uh, I'll dig it. Yeah, I was kind of on the same wavelength. I was like, that was odd. <laughs> but, uh, and then it just kind of like sets up James Spader uh, as this rich kid who's smart. He reads a lot, but he's also really cool, really calm. Yeah, he's James Spader in this. He is exactly what you expect James Spader to be as like sort of our hero character in this. Uh, yeah, super cool, super calm, super smart, super James Spader, but like young and like hot guy, you know, rebel without a cause thing. Uh, and he sells it really well. And also the other thing that I think helps sell his character is like the constant pumping music in the background. If you put cool music in front of somebody who's acting cool, they're going to look cool. Like it's going to work. So the soundtrack helps sell it too. Yeah. He's, he is cool. And, but he goes into a school that is chaotic. Yeah. Like I said, it's like kind of this middle, middle class hell, uh, where the, the other side of the Hills of, uh, of Los Angeles, like the good looking girl in there is carrying a switchblade in her bra. And then Robert Downey Jr asks for it and then gives it to James Spader because he's just like, I have a feeling you're going to need a switchblade. <laughs> it's just like, wow. What a way to <laughs> first day of school, huh? Nice. Then, of course, they become best friends. Then they become friends. And I love their friendship. I want a whole movie of their story. Yeah, these two work off each other really well. There's some type of like cool calmness, but it's also not boring what James Spader was doing. I need to kind of like emphasize that. I feel like a lot of time where you have these like guys who don't like to act and 
they don't have a lot of expression. I feel like he's playing common cool the right way where I feel like there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes in his facial expressions, but he's also not over the top. With yeah. It. You could this, he's a cool guy. He's your rebel. He's the, the, the story's hero, but there's enough. I mean, the movie is like I said, it's two hours long. There's enough character development and there's enough story. The, you know, story there behind him that he, you know, there's, there's good character development here and you, you like the character and you're interested in the character and you want to know his story. Yeah. He's, he's interesting how he could just go on and be the normal, like, Oh, I'll go to law school and whatever. My parents are paying for it. And then he just becomes another guy in the system, making a lot of money as a yuppie and all that. But he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be me. I don't want to be my brother. Which I thought was interesting. Of course, there's a brother character uh, that, you know, the super successful, super, super, super yuppie brother uh, that uh, the family loves and looks up to. And he's he's the uh, outsider in the family trying to trying to do his yeah, own but thing. What counters off of James Spader character nice is the Robert Downey Jr. Where he's the, you know, he's the drummer in the band. He's he's goofy, but he also kind of seems like he's smart in this world. Like he wants to get in a little bit of trouble, but he's not crazy enough to get into the like bad stuff. Right. He's uh he's he's uh he's me in high school. <laughs> he's just like kind of fringe, but uh stay, hangs around the cool kids, uh, but stays out of the way for the most part. Uh pretty you know, just floating by in high school and uh just holding it together yeah. enough. Uh that's funny. Were you a drummer in high school? Have you never told me this? Uh, you were probably the film school dude. No, I wasn't a drummer. Uh, yeah, I was kind of the the movie guy, but I, you know, I did the thing where I was a, a I was, I guess, in a band for a minute. Uh, we did one song where I, I, but I was the singer. I was not the, I was not the drummer in that. Uh, but it, it, of course, was like a rock band thing thought that was gonna be a thing for a minute but was not but yeah you know i was going to all these punk shows though i was i that was me in high school i was going to like people's basements to go to punk shows and dirty venues and watching sky and punk bands that was that was my high school experience. yeah that was uh my when i left and uh, i came up to chicago for college i guess you could call it, it wasn't quite my freshman year because i had way too many credits but it was my freshman year in chicago and I would be this guy dressed in mm -hmm. like sports attire, kind of looked like a bro, but I'd be going to like punk shows and, and just all this fucking craziness. And then I would, you know, people would be like, wait, you went to what? I'm like, yeah, man. I don't know. It was just this box in the middle of nowhere and it fucking stank, but it was, it was cool. It's like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like just in the middle of nowhere. And I stuck out like yeah. a sore thumb. Yeah, I, I I think we're I think we're the same in that because uh, you know I looked like a nerd, but I was doing all these you know I was making horror movies and going to punk shows. Like I was definitely not the typical high school nerd uh, that that I kind of looked like. Uh, I was the I was like the punk. I was kind of like the 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 rebel among the nerds. So I, I stuck out too. I feel you. Funny thing <laughs> when you know you like someone. When you would come into a conversation and they'd never expect you to know anything about horror films, that's what I always was that guy. They'd be like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Dawn Same. of the Dead <laughs> is one of the greatest you know, horror movies, zombie movies ever made. And I'm like, I disagree. I think Day of the Dead is a lot darker and a lot cooler. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking sports guy. I'd be like, okay. 
<laughs> I still believe that. I still believe Day of the Dead's a lot better than Dawn of the Dead. Fight me. Yeah, no, but I agree. Me. I agree with you. So yeah, <laughs> there's but not going to be a fight here. Fight me at here. a six foot distance because I don't. I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> yes, please, please yeah, don't uh, touch like, me. More of a shadow fight. <laughs> but the, yeah, it was fun to see this whole like when they get into the. You know, we get the the normal 80s thing where the bullies are picking on the new guy and the new guy likes the girl. But what I really liked was when they got to the whole punk band. Yeah, that whole section is really fun. Yeah, and fun. I always love it. And I, I feel like this is something that's like happened, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s. They all have this like link is when there's a band playing and all the audience somehow know to all dance together. Yes, it's a choreographed thing. Uh, <laughs> I think there was like a famous choreographer that worked on this movie. I, I'd have to go back and look, but uh, uh, yeah, like all, all of these sequences are. It's ba- this movie is basically a musical if you think about it. Uh, it's just a punk rock, you know, uh, new wave '80s musical. But like, there's a lot of every every crowd scene has like everybody knows all the dance moves. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> It's just so funny, but it's also kind of creepy because James Spader is like forcing this girl to dance with him and she's trying to get away. But part of me was just like, why the guy you're trying to get away from and the dude you're trying to go to like the, he, that guy sucks. I, I'd much rather hang out with James Spader. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like James Spader is kind of like, forcing his way into dancing with her but you know that the other guy is like beating her up you know what i mean it's like it's like the lesser of two evils here is james spader for i know sure. and frankie that's what her name is kim richard's character frankie is just like i think i'm just gonna end up with oh what was his name i don't even remember the main baddie's name nick, nick. i'm just gonna end up with nick it's like nick. why no frankie yeah and then and then like later like he does like weirdly like ask the uh frankie's father to if he can marry her uh it's and like it's so creepy and gross like he's like we're gonna get married just because like she's thinking about hooking up with uh yeah james and a few scenes before this nick rapes her and i feel like this movie just like goes right over that i was like hey whoa wait nick just did some fucked up shit but it gets worse nick gets worse yeah it I I honestly though this movie earns it. Like a lot of these movies they like they'll jump to having like the bad guy be like this crazy bad guy. I think this movie earns it cuz it builds up because the one of the last things that happens before the big showdown is that Nick shoots uh Morgan's dad. Like shoots James Spader's character's father attempting to kill him and like it it escalates. Like it builds yeah, up. Yeah, that that scene actually like <laughs> really surprised me because I did not see it coming. I, I thought they were going to beat the shit out of his dad. And we should explain that after his dad loses his business, yeah. he becomes a taxi driver to to make some cash. And I, I think he's also trying to come up with a new business idea. They what you mm-hmm. know, these punks, they rob people and then go party with the money. So I thought they were just going to beat the crap out of his dad and steal his money or something like that. I really did not see that Nick was going to shoot Morgan's dad. But I kind of should have known because Nick's fucked up. Yeah, like I said, I think it's it's totally earned because like as the movie goes on, you you see how like unhinged Nick is 
is and is becoming further. Yeah, you're right. He he actually I don't know if grows as a character is the right term, but he escalates from kind of crazy to really crazy. Yes. All simply because he doesn't like Morgan and Morgan is going to take his girl. But he goes yeah. nuts. And when he sees uh, Frankie having dinner with Morgan and his mom and dad, uh, that must be what broke him. Yeah. When uh, when she reversed Sandy's <laughs> from Greece and she goes from the new wave hip girl to the square, the square yuppie. And uh, she's she's having dinner with the yuppie family, and he, yeah, Nick just goes, yeah. out and of then she control. goes from square in the same outfit, mind you. The entire, you know, anyone listening to this right now, she takes the same blue dress, somehow turns it from square to cool. Did you notice that she adds that white belt? And she, yeah, I was like, whoa, now you, mm-hmm. what the hell? You just added a belt, and then how did you do that? But I'm impressed. But I think at the end of the day, they they she, really she, sell her nicely as someone who could live in both worlds. Well, I think she's trying to get out. I think she's trying to get out of her. You know, she's kind of they show that she's got a shitty apartment uh, right by the train tracks, uh, right by like this abandoned parking lot. Like you get you. She wants to get out. She and she wants to kind of be in that world, but still remain herself. And I think that's like that last outfit choice is sort of symbolizing. It's like she wants, she wants to remember where she came Mm -hmm. from, but get out of the sort of, uh, you know, mean streets of LA. Yeah. The only bad part about this was like, I never felt that she wanted to become her own person. This whole movie. And this is an eighties thing, obviously. And probably, you know, seventies, it's just like, Oh, don't settle for the scummy guy when you can have the smart, nice guy. Like, it was just like, oh, but you also don't want to go to college or you don't want to you don't have to go to college to further yourself. But she had no plan and it never was established. It was just like, I need a better man. That's the only way as a woman I can have a better life. That was kind of the part that was like eh, 80s. Fuck. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She literally says she's like, oh, I'll just get married. I'll just get married like, to whoever. Oh, God. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, these movies. That's such a. Ugh. Yep. It's just the time. It's just the time. But at the same time, (laughs) she seems like a, she becomes a really strong character. She breaks away from Nick and even fights him to help Morgan. But obviously also she's helping, you know, like the man become the white knight, which I laughed about too. I was like, eh, 80s. Right. Yeah, we're ha- we're halfway there on the feminism here. It's like, yeah, she's not just the helpless victim. She fights back. She's a strong woman. Yeah. She's like, doing it for uh, her, man. So <laughs> we're only halfway to full the Yeah. But I will say that last fight scene in the movie is pretty incredible. And I looked it up and it won Stuntman Awards. Uh I guess there are Stuntman Awards. I that was also news to me. But uh they want this movie won like the Stuntman Award for that year for that end fight scene because it is yeah, pretty incredible. I mean incredible. they smash a sign over two dudes' heads. Like a big sign for a circus, like a circus. Yeah, like yeah, as soon as that happened, then. I was like, "Oh, oh, that's was the union there that day?" Because, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like, th- they, of course, the big fight is in the warehouse where the concert was at the beginning of the movie, but now at the end, it's like an empty warehouse because there's there's no like event happening there, and uh, it must just be where the punks hang out or whatever. 
Uh, but they have the big fight there. And so like, it's this empty warehouse. So they're fighting on rafters and they're throwing chains at each other. And yeah, they're dropping signs on each other and they're fighting upstairs and they're fighting downstairs and they're throwing each other off. Yeah, shit. It was nuts. Pretty crazy. Uh, James Spader swinging an ax at a dude at Nick. Yeah. And you're, and, but like, again, this movie earns it where like, you're sitting there cheering for James Spader, like chop this dude up. Like you want to see Nick get fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I was by like, the there's no this way movie. they're gonna have Morgan just like smash, you know, Nick with this axe. And they they did find a way to like. I guess Nick is dead. I don't. They don't really actually go into that, but he does drop him like on a twenty foot straight drop because then Nick tries to kill him with a like a lead pipe. He was gonna bust him in the back of the head with a lead pipe. Nick's messed up. Yeah, Nick is a bad dude. He twice. shoots Morgan's dad. Like, he's a, no, he he's a rapes bad someone dude. and shoots him twice, and then tries, you know, shoots Morgan's dad twice, and then tries to bash Morgan's head in with a lead pipe. I mean, this dude's awful. I think like let like uh, Morgan letting him fall, which he doesn't like let him fall. They just are in a fight and he falls. But like Morgan letting yeah. him fall, yeah, that's okay. I know Morgan's supposed to be the good guy, but like this guy's got to die. Yeah, because my die. my head was going like, well. <laughs> You got to take him out because, like, if he gets away, he's going to come back and kill you. He's that kind of crazy. And right, he had to exactly. go to jail for a long time or you had to kill him. I mean, there is no in between because Nick's cray. But uh, did you catch yeah. the creepy ass clown on that billboard that dropped on those two guys? That's a terrifying yeah, clown. It was pretty And funny. I like clowns. That clown was terrifying. <laughs> like, <ooh. laughs> That was one of those, like, only you could see in, like, the 50s or 60s when people thought clowns were awesome. Like, not ironically like me. I like clowns because I know they're creepy, and it makes me laugh. That clown's fucked up. Yeah, that's just when they were all over in the 50s and 60s and just were generally terrifying. <laughs> you want that thing to hang out with your kids? What's wrong with you? Yeah, this this is a this is a fun movie, and, and we didn't even talk about the club that they go to, and they revisit at the end. Where they're just like, uh, Frankie goes yeah. off the, like, it was fun watching her dance. That was fun. I love the whole section of, like, when they go to the rich side of town. Like, when they go to the country club, yep, and there's a whole performance right. there, too. They have a band there, and then they perform a song, and then and then they go, and then they go to the, the club at night in the rich area or whatever, and that's where they see that band and they have the dance sequence and then they go back to it at the end. But I, that whole mi that's like a, it's a good substantial 25 minute section of the movie where like all that goes down. But I yeah, love it. That was I a was Friday night. Yeah. They go to the rich club to get all the, the free, the free food, which that was yeah probably a good 10, 12 minute scene mm -hmm. where he plays the song and sings to Frankie and <laughs> Freddie, not Freddie Prince. Whoops. Um, <laughs> and you have Robert Downey Jr. like running around trying to steal food from everyone, even though it's free. It's a buffet. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you have the security guy who's just like, wait a minute, you're not a part of this club. And he's like, oh, you caught us. Yeah, they just leave and go to the club that has uh, Jack Mack and the heart attack playing. Yeah, it's fun. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I love this section. Because they're just dancing and there's a bunch of music and everybody's yeah, having a good time. I saw time. like they also, the country club, that band that was there was called uh, Country Club Band JR and the Z Man. Yeah. 
also kind of new wavy, you know, for this country club, but it was, it, it was the fun. 80s, so I liked of all this. This, this. I definitely recommend this movie, and it's easy to see. YouTube, Tubi. Yeah, Tubi and YouTube with how accessible this movie is, I definitely recommend, like, I, our listener base and nostalgia base, they're going to like this movie. So, like, I definitely recommend if you guys lis- listen to us uh, after yeah. I said you should pause, um, you should definitely go and check this movie out. This is uh, this is right up your alley. Like, even even if we spoiled things for you, you're still going to have a good time. Yeah, and did like, we even talk about Jim movie. Carroll, the, uh, the punk singer? That Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, in that band. This guy is, I mean, no. he, he passed away in 2009, but talk about diverse. Not only does he have all these records, all these punk records and everything, he wrote the novel, The Basketball Diaries, that, you know, ended up having um, DiCaprio star in. And he's also yep. on the soundtrack yep. of the 2004 uh, Dawn of the Dead. He's got a, a handful of... He wow. uh, performed a song on E.T., Tough Turf, Basketball Diaries, um, Dawn of the Dead. I mean, that's great. Mr. Robot. I mean, by that time, he would already passed away, but, you know, they used one of his songs. That's, man, talk, wow. I, there's not much behind the scenes on this that I could find. Did you find anything? No, I, this one I didn't even really look up. I was just like, I was just so in the world of the movie. I almost didn't want to ruin it. You know, I didn't want to know what it took to make it. Like, I just, I just wanted to live in that movie for a while. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I didn't look anything. Yeah, up there's, there's not much on it. It just feels like for some reason this couldn't make it in the eighties because, uh, I read one of the reviews on it and they really didn't like it. Like the Los Angeles times or whatever that is. But uh, it seems like a lot of people just didn't like this, and I don't get why. It's definitely, I think, with with looking back, this is like a hindsight is twenty twenty movie. I think, I think people will look back on this movie as like a a part of its time, and also it totally is. It's like an eighties Rebel Without a Cause. Like if you like those kind of movies, you're this is, fits right in. So I hope this one finds a uh, second maybe one life day. Who knows? Sure. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> their outfits, when you look at all the stills that they have of this, their outfits are fucking awesome. All right, yeah, uh, let's incredible. move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out like Indy into the film jungle and bring something back to our museum. I'll let you go first because I think there's quite a bit in this we could both put in. Yeah, I mean, every, everything. For, for me, I like everything in this movie. I would put anything in the uh, museum, but if I got to pick one thing, I'll, I'll just go ahead and pick the soundtrack. It's a banging soundtrack. It'll it'll have you hooked all the way through the two hours. Like it, it yeah, I loved it. Wall to wall, great. I songs. really, I don't know if this soundtrack even if you can find it anywhere. You'd probably have to go to the credits and look up all the songs on it. But because uh, I don't see anything about here about a soundtrack sold, I just see the songs. We got to get this movie uh, found. We got to have people find this movie, and then they'll have like a nice like vinyl uh, nice. anniversary release we or something for it. make our own vinyl. <laughs> Is that legal? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Our, uh, we'll just make a mixtape for everyone. <laughs> what is this? It's the 1985 soundtrack go. of Tough Turf. Starring James Spader. You've never heard of it? What's wrong with you? 
You haven't lived. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to put in the chemistry between James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. And actually Kim Richards. I felt like all three of them. Add in the other girl, too. I can't remember her name. I think her character's name was Paige. I thought all four of them were fun. I want to see another movie with them. That was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Great chemistry all around for everybody. I, I would just watch a movie of yeah, the four of them go to driving the around any and, day. But, you know, like the 80s mall, not the terrible mall that we had to put up with. <laughs> right. Really? Amber Crombie and Finch. You want $50 yes. for a t-shirt? What the fuck? <laughs> Can't afford that. Uh, <laughs> all right that'll do it for this week uh man i'm really glad you selected this one good job me too and it was random it was totally uh, random fun so about glad it came up ones yeah sometimes you don't get a good one but sometimes you get a great one yeah absolutely oh, and this one something. is definitely one of the uh, great did you feel like the dad was <laughs> completely out of place even though i liked matt clark as the dad i just don't feel like that guy would be married <laughs> to his wife they just didn't seem like they matched but it's a little nitpick. Yeah, he seemed more like he seemed more like a 50s, 60s, like, you know, Rebel Without a Cause kind of like uh, uh, dad character. Not yeah. so much like the 80s. It's just a little nitpick. Character. It didn't affect the movie at all. It didn't take me out of it. I was just like, oh, really him? OK, all right. Not the guy I would have chose, but whatever. I don't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't bother me. And yes. remember to be kind and rewind. <laughs>